Hello and welcome to Shoes Off No Cap, a podcast where we talk about all things dance. In today's episode, we have the wonderful and talented Aisha Marisa, better known as Shasha. She started dancing ballet at the age of four and has started picking up other styles of dance throughout the years such as modern, contemporary, jazz, Latin, and street dance. In 2016, she joined the Red Lichens crew to win the championship in the Astro Battleground competition. She continued to develop her unique skills as a well-rounded dancer and has worked as a choreographer and dance instructor. She has just finished her studies at Middlesex University with a bachelor's degree in dance. And so we wanted to know her experience living in London and what the dance culture there is like and if there's anything that we can learn from the culture there to import here. So without further ado, let's dive deep into dance culture with no cap. Hi, Sha. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> we know that, you know, for a dancer as ubiquitous as you in the local scene, no introductions are actually necessary. <laughs> But we still want to know. Tell us Aww. about yourself. Hi, first of all, thank you for having me on this podcast, Shoes of No Cap. I'm really happy to be here. My name is Putri Aisha Marisa. I am known as Shasha. I am... 24 years old, turning 25 at the end of the year. <laughs> I'm I do dancing professionally, and I really love cats. How many do you have? I have two: one Lily, one Lola. So, uh, do Lily and Lola love watching you dance at home? Oh, they especially now during the lockdown. I usually uh, dance outside. They're there with me all the time. Yeah, they're just my biggest support pillar, I would say. Uh, besides my mom. I and if you're listening, Smiko. <laughs> All right, can you tell us a bit like how you started to dance? When did you start? I mean, we know that you've, you've danced since forever, right? But when was the first time that you ever like went to class or perform? Actually, my mom, when she had me as a baby, she was like, I'm going to send her to her first ballet class. She really loved ballet. When I was born, she did say like, oh, she want to put me into dance classes and stuff. But it really happened when I was young. So when I was three, she bought me this Bobby the Nutcracker. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I watched it when I was three years old, and I start to like I mimic the Barbie, and I was like, oh. And my mom was like, okay, I'm gonna send her to dance class now. When she sent me to the ballet school, it was the Aurora Dance School. She sent me to my first class, and they actually said that I was too young, and told my mom to bring to bring me back like a year after when I was four. Wow. But then, because my uh, birthday is in December, right? So I was technically turning. They saw me and I was like, you know, I look at the classes and I started following the ballerinas and then they said, okay lah, we take her at this early age. So I joined when I was like three plus at that time. So that was my first ever ballet class, <laughs> baby ballet. So I did ballet until now, but along the way, like because Aurora Dance School, they have a lot of like other dance classes as well. Another big thing there was the modern dance, and that is when I was introduced to all this contemporary jazz and then they had like improvisation there was also latin dance and i i was really into dance like i would say guys like i wasn't really active in school i was very timid you know i'm like that girl who was really 
scared lah, you know, I don't socialize a lot. After school, I'll straight away go to the studio and that is when I like release all the tension and, you know, I really like dancing. Like, it was like my escape at that time. It's interesting that you said that you were shy and all that, but then you weren't yeah. like, afraid to like perform because performing takes like confidence as well in a way. True, true. I think at that time, it felt like I could... Because, okay, in ballet, we get to learn this variation. So, like, for example, if you do the Nutcracker, you get to be uh, Aurora. I feel like I get to play this character, like the princess, you know, like I don't have to be myself at that uh-huh. time. You know, I do that a lot. And then competitions at that time, every year, there's this ballet competition called TBS Malaysia. So, like, uh, the ballerinas around Malaysia will come down and compete. And then you get scholarship to do summer school in Australia or Japan. So it was like something where I'm like, oh, you know, we really can do this as a dancer. Like we can travel. Like I was like really exposed to this like dance world. And then I started competing more in Latin. I was really, I would say doing a lot. Like I was like full on dance mode at that time. Were you like in primary school or... Was that in primary high school? school? Oh, high it school. Was in high school. That was when I, was, I started to get competitive like, in that sector. You know, I really didn't know street dance at that point. Wait, when did you get into street dance then? I got into street dance in 2015. 15, 2015. That was when I went to watch um, Astro Battleground final. I went to watch and I was like, oh, I was exposed to street dance also because I went to Aswara. I went there to perform. So I was invited as a guest to perform in Sir Joseph's piece. And then I danced in a few of the students' punya peta at that time. So I was there a lot. I was training there. You know, we had rehearsals and such. And then I met a few dancers lah over there. And then like there were Romo, Masatu, Effie at that time. So like they introduced me to street dance. And that's mm-hmm. when I kind of knew about the scene a little bit more. And then I went to watch, you know, the Astro Battleground competition. Went to watch a few of the battles. And that's when I'm like, oh, wow, this is a whole other dancey. <laughs> and then... I started to take more classes outside because there there were hip hop classes in Aurora at that time, but it was it was just there lah, like you know it was just a hip hop class. It wasn't anything more than that. I have a question, right? Before you, sorry, <laughs> before you were introduced into uh, street dance, like did you ever think of becoming like, a principal ballet dancer, like going through oh, all that? Definitely, yeah. <laughs> that was my dream, Diana. It didn't really work out. Uh, I guess in Malaysia, like Alhamdulillah, like, I would always get a prize. So it was from like Constellation Prize to third prize. And then as years goes on, I think I won second place. But like I never really won, you know. But I was like, it's okay, it's not my time. Until it was my final advanced two ballet exam. And then because of my result, I qualified for the Junee Ballet Competition. So that was like my first time competing on my own abroad. So I went to London. How old were you back then? I was, I think, 18 at that Mm. time. 18 or 17. 17, good. So that's when I think it really opened my eye. When I was there, I was like, oh my gosh, like the ballet standards, like internationally it is really high when I went there I truly know like where I stand in a way I could still make it but I knew it would like I needed to work harder you know I needed to do a lot of stuff because I'm naturally not as flexible as the other ballerinas so it was hard to really to become like a principal dancer I think I can but I you know I really needed to work on it lah but at that time I feel like something in me kind of clicked you know (laughs) it was like it doesn't really give me um, 
it became more of a mentally macam disturbed a bit for me. Do you mind sharing what happened there in London that that made you like give up this dream of becoming a principal ballet dancer? I wouldn't say I gave up on it. I would just say that I think I realized that somewhere like deep inside my heart I knew that this is not what I wanted. So yeah, like you know you can feel like something's off. I was trying to search like what is it? What is it? Cuz you know ballet is very like by the rules, you know, by the book. It's, it's a technique. I think it made me become I was trying to get everything perfect, you know. So when things like when I'm not flexible enough or when I cannot turn like triple pirouettes I get so stressed and then I'm like you know this is not what dance is all about and then I was trying to figure out why why suddenly belly becomes very stressful for me in a way mm. but I still loved it that's why until today I don't think I can ever not do it mm, <laughs> and yeah. it's still in me it's just that I knew that there was something else Mm, so that's yeah, why yeah. in London it's it's the simple thing like for example we had two categories so you have like the ballet variation the classical uh, category and mm. then you have the uh, more like contemporary punya ballet mm-hmm. and I really I would say at that time like even one of the teachers came up to me and said oh your contemporary is so strong like compared to your uh, variation so like my mm. the freedom that was in my movements it was more free personally myself I felt more free to go mm. so I was I like see. hmm I want to explore that more. I want to explore that yeah. feeling more. I think giving up is like not the right way to put it. More of like that like you just reprioritize. In 2016, mm-hmm. you took part in the dance reality TV show Astro Battleground. For those who don't know, uh, Astro Battleground mm-hmm. is this reality TV show where they take like dancers from different backgrounds and then they just pit them against each other for, uh, <laughs> I don't know, 10, 12 episodes per season, something like that. So this show uh, is really mm-hmm. famous for spawning like really good dancers in the scene for many, many years yeah. during its run. Uh-huh. At the uh-huh. time, before you joined Battleground, mm-hmm. were you not exposed to uh, street dance just yet how do you end up yeah. joining a street dance competition when you were not a street dancer you know, that's, that's my question I wasn't exposed a lot at that time yeah you're right but I I think at that 2016 I was already mixing around with a few dancers I knew Day Suicide Wednesday <laughs> you have Chai they were the first few street dancers that I was friends with so at that time I was already joining their sessions you know like they were uh, really teaching me about dance, you know. And at that time also, I met Azim and also Walawe, their aunt and everyone. I knew of them and I joined their sessions and maybe their classes. I also, oh yes, ah, the most important thing. My first street uh-huh. dance class was actually at Funky Fresh. Hey! Oh, <laughs> hey, shout out. Abang Bujay, let's go. I took, yeah, Bujay's class, um, Abang Mimi, and then Abang Lilo at that time. And that was when I met all the dancers, lah, you know, Master Tufas, Farouk, Farhi. So, you know, I met them all there. I really didn't know of them before. But after yes. attending that class, I was like, wow, okay. So then I knew of the scene. I took some classes, like here and there. Like, it wasn't like, I wouldn't say at that time, I wasn't consistent because I was still uh, doing my ballet trainings and all. But I, I did take classes and I did attend their sessions. So I kind of knew of that. <laughs> did you remember and- the first class that you ever took? Like first street dance class? <laughs> yeah, uh, my first street dance class was me, Erin Chow. Erin Chow. Ah, okay. it, it was at Taylor's, Taylor's Lakeside. He had this like pop-up mm. class or something. 
And then after that, everyone was sharing about Astro Battleground auditions, you know, and they were like, oh, there's this new street dance competition on TV and stuff. And I was like, oh, okay. So I, I saw it, but I never, like, never in my mind at that time, I thought I would want to audition until, like, my sister Bay and everyone wanted to just, they really encouraged me, lah. Like and then pay out was all like oh you know what just go and audition you know just try and at that time also I was like mm, I I knew I don't have enough like knowledge because <laughs> I was like it's a street dance competition but at the back of my head I knew I wanted to challenge myself I was like you know what just try I think I I because I at that point I really wanted to test my versatility so I was yeah. like okay. Yeah, and I and I I would say Alhamdulillah I had a really good support system, so they really encouraged me to go. Even when I auditioned at that time, you know, like they gave a good support line off. But going into the competition, guys, I did not expect to even pass the audition round. The dancers, oh, so many dancers and so many good dancers also. Alhamdulillah, until final, I wow, that was like Oh, I really learned a lot there. Really learned a lot. Are you still close with your Red Lycans team? I think now we are all like doing our own things. I do still keep in touch with a few of my close mates. You know, like Yuki, Yuki Tan, uh. we're listening. <laughs> One guy, his name is JT. He lives uh-huh. near me. So sometimes we kind of catch up. I met him in London as well. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and then Peyot. Yeah, shout out Peyot. Okay lah, we, we do still in touch. So after like Battleground, what have you been doing basically from then and now? So after the competition, we had a plan to stay together as a crew for a bit. So we did like a lot of shows, mostly a lot of shows, I would say. So we were working together. And at that point, my following grew quite a bit after Battleground. I did a little bit of like some online work, I would say, like promoting this, like engaging with this brand mm. and whatnot. It was my first time really like... Influencer. Okay. but at that time like I really had no um, knowledge of you know how to work with this kind of people you know so it was really new but I was focusing on that a lot at that time but then after Battleground while doing all those freelance stuff I went to Mustang and that is mm-hmm. when um, John and Simon recruited me into Organization 13. <laughs> uh, Which year was this? So at the end of 2016. Ah. So they already had, it was John, Simon, Z and Azim, I think at that time. So that was like the first four. And then they called me and Aaron at the same time. Because Aaron is also from uh, Battleground. Uh, other team though he was Dark Riders <laughs> yeah they called us together and then they said okay we want to you know form this you know urban dance crew <laughs> so like we would like to have you on board you know for competitions because at that time they want to join Arena uh-huh. we were like oh and Masutu I really like the feeling of competing so like I wanted to continue competing so I was like okay I want to do this so I joined Organization 13 and at the same time Simon um, approached me to teach at Mustang mm. so I started my first class at Mustang at that time still now but like I knew that I didn't have enough knowledge and I was like I can't just be competing every year you know I wanted to do something more than that so that is when um, I talked to my parents and they also thought okay why don't you study dance you know because they wanted me to study mm. as well yeah. and I wanted to dance so mm. you know they were very supportive of, 
of me wanting to study dance. <laughs> That's when I decided, I think in 2018, mm. I decided to study in London. Sampai sekarang. <laughs> have you finished your studies already? I have. Hey, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, congrats. Okay, I, I still have a bit of extra credit, but yeah, after yeah. I submit that, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> cool, cool. Could you like tell us why do you choose to, you know, okay. pursue dance in London uh-huh. <laughs> instead of okay. everywhere else? And what's your uni? My uni is Middlesex University. It's in London. Initially, why I chose to pursue dancing overseas is, of course, I think the main thing for me is to finesse like my dance technique. I really wanted to learn. Like I really wanted to know more because I feel like at that time, I really didn't get what I want in a way. Mm-hmm. Because like I think dance for me is something that I wanted to do or like something that I knew that I was going to do since I was young. Mm-hmm. And you know, like, you know, when other people, uh, they talk about their occupation, like they want to become doctor, la, dancers, la, like mine was really dancer. That's <laughs> interesting because, because like you, you, what you want, right? So I knew it was something that I had to do more. And because, you know, like we, we had internet and stuff. So I was like, like, I wanted to know what the difference. So I was like, okay, I really want to properly educate myself. Like, I was so curious at the same time, especially like wanting to be a professional dancer. I was like, uh-huh. what makes a dancer professional and stuff like that. So I went to London because I did my research. There was a lot, like, there was like US, like, there was Singapore. There were a few options, but why I picked London, it was, I think it felt right at that time. When I was doing my research and I was studying about the teachers, and the schools like it really fit what I was searching for what were you searching for like what what is it about London Mm. London first and foremost it's where like all the dancers tend to go to find jobs or opportunities and stuff like that that was like the main Ah. thing London was one of the Mm. like main attractions I thought it's like LA you know in America Ah, yeah LA New York but London was also one of the like hub you know like the yeah I mean mm, we understand that like LA and New York they probably just like serve like that 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 market probably more of industry I wouldn't expect that it would be London because London to me strikes out as more of like a financial I mean they are the financial center of the EU Yes, Even though they're yes. out of the EU, you know. <laughs> uh, one thing that I looked into was like, you know, because the civilization like especially mm-hmm. dance-wise, it's been very long already. And then over mm-hmm. there, they are very, you know, they're focused on economy, you know, social, and of course, the arts there is big. Yeah. So they evolved very rapidly. But why I chose London is because they preserve the originality of the techniques, you know. In my university, mm-hmm. we have to learn the history of ballet. We have to learn like, you know, where does modern dance come from? Like they don't try and change it. But at the same time, you know, you learn new ways to adapt to those kind of, um, you know, the old, very original like techniques. I think I picked London because I knew I didn't want to disconnect from that area of dance. At yeah. the same time, you know, I really training like the street dance side also. So it really offered me both. Whereas I feel like when I did my research on like um, LA or New York, like I think it just offered me a lot more like commercial than mm. I see. So did the uni like teach you the history of every type of dance? Mostly just the techniques that we were learning. So like uh-huh. the modern dance, especially. So, you know, like 
how Graham came about, like how she rebelled towards ballet, you know. So it was really interesting, yeah. I think, mm. yeah. So how this technique came about. And there are people now who are trying to preserve that, you know, and not like let the new generation entirely change it, you know, and things mm. like that. So it was really interesting to study that. Is dance history very important to you? Yes, because <laughs> once you know the history, personally for me also, when I understand the history or where it came from, and I appreciate the technique even more, you know, and I, I get like, oh, this is why it's like this, this is why it's like that. So understanding that, I think it's really important to like include that in your training just because mm. you know what you're doing, you know, and why was this created and, you know, where it came from. So it's like also like uh, you pay some respects to the creator. And ah, I see. <laughs> like, like in order to appreciate it, like you, you'd have to know it, right? You'd have to like, yeah, no- notice exactly. it. I heard in a podcast the other day about mm-hmm. uh, appreciation and the speaker was saying something about you can't appreciate something that you don't notice. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it started off like with this guy who was out to go and thank everyone who was going to mm-hmm. give him his coffee, you know, like the people oh. who made his coffee from the delivery driver who drove the the, the truck of coffee it's beans a, from oh the factory to, to the coffee. So he traced it all the way until like farmers in Peru. And because, wow. because he noticed all of that was involved in just getting him a cup of coffee, um, he found a newfound appreciation for things that he would never have appreciated. Yeah, so I think this really goes hand in hand with what, what you believe yeah. in. You really, really exactly. like uh, dance history and knowing where yeah. things come from so that you uh, can appreciate a bit more and it enriches your dance, right? Yes. I'm going to be a devil's advocate here but and say <laughs> that <laughs> you can appreciate things without knowing deeply. Like, yes, going like mm-hmm. learning oh, uh, where the coffee comes from, like the farmers and all that have a deeper appreciation. But I think that if you just have whatever you have right now, you can still appreciate it. Like I have a yes, cup of coffee. I appreciate it. I know this dance steps. I can appreciate it. Yeah. I, I know I listen to the music. I do some, <laughs> some movements. Yeah. I appreciate it. So like, I guess like the point yeah. is like deeper appreciation, I guess. Yeah. yeah. It, it depends on the person. Yeah. I guess like how you want to understand it, you know. Do you think you would have gotten the same level of training and experience that you would have had you stayed here for your dance education? I would say no. Because no, like because mm-hmm. the level of teaching, the perception and um, like the mentality and discipline is very different okay. compared to here. But not in terms of the level of dances or anything. It's uh, more towards the dance experience and um, the education itself. You know, they, they've been doing this for a long time time and they have so many sectors so I feel like it's different uh, than here and um, just because like our industry I feel personally like our industry is still not recognizing dance you know as like this main art form compared to over there when you do dance it's, it's a huge thing you know and it, it's a job if you're a dancer in Malaysia and if you do that as a living like you know orang sometimes I got comments like ah oh, you're a dancer you know like can make a living there you know and things like that (laughs) so it's different in terms of that the training is the same it's like the training there you need to have like specific qualifications and uh, you need to train in this like certain amount of time until you Mm -hmm. can actually call yourself like a professional dancer you know it's more like set lah you know and that's why the training there very um, detailed I would say and you have a lot of options is this for both street dance and your contemporary ballet or is it 
primarily just for contemporary ballet that they take really seriously before you call yourself a professional dancer? I would say mm. both, but it's very different la. for like the ballet side and the contemporary side. It's very recognized in universities and stuff, whereas like the street dance is like baru nak masuk like that. Would you call yourself a professional dancer? Wow, wow, wait. I am a training professional. I would say I'm still training. La. I'm still learning. I know there's still a lot I need to improve on too. Then at what point do you call yourself, can you call yourself a professional dancer? Like, like you teach, you sometimes do commercials maybe, I don't know, but you've studied overseas. So in my yeah. eyes, you are kind of a professional Aww, to me. <laughs> Personally for me, I, it's hard for me to accept, you know, I, oh, I'm already professional, but I know like when I apply for jobs and stuff, like I know I have the, qualifications more than qualified probably <laughs> just my mindset things for it I think mm. for me I really don't want to put myself you know there at that level of standard but I know I, I still have a lot more to learn you know, this, this suddenly reminds me of uh, what you said to us uh, once uh-huh. you ask all of us you know to rate ourselves okay. you know, as a dancer are we beginner are we intermediate or are oh, we yeah. advanced <laughs> Yeah. And then most of us just, just answer like, you know, like beginner, yeah, intermediate, exactly. you know, because yeah, we all felt that we had so much more to learn. And then you were the one who came up to us and said, that, <laughs> okay, guys, you know, like there's such a thing as being humble, guys, but it's also, you know, as, as, you know, as dancers, you know, we're supposed to be professional and we're supposed to have a gauge on like uh, how well we are as a dancer, you know, that that's part and parcel of, of being a dancer. Yeah. You were the one who told us that. Who, who's, who's being too humble now? <laughs> You got me, you got me. Be humble, but know your standards. Just own your professionality. I mean, you just, you just a Dylan freaking mayoral. What do you think was the most valuable aspect about your studies in London? For me, definitely learning the techniques from my teachers. You know, like uh, different teachers, different styles. There was so much varieties. I feel that I've learned from my teachers there. The biggest thing for me was definitely experiencing the training and like the dance culture there. Mm-hmm. Just because like even in my uni, like most of us are like international students. Yeah. You know, we're all there. We all came from like different parts of the world and but everyone has like we all have the same drive to learn and train you know being in that environment was it's something that I think paling like I ingat lah <laughs> was really like can you describe how the culture is like so in uni it's a bit different at the same time outside of dance it's different so I will usually my uni is usually from like 9 to 5 and then after 5 I'll go back home and then Monday Monday and then I'll go out to take classes classes outside like I would say I'll, I go to like base dance studios or the hub it's very different than uni classes so it's more of like open classes and when I go to like base it's when you meet a lot of international dancers and you make friends with the people there they are dance classes for us here the the most basic thing I can think of is like for us after class you know we lapa we go mama we go home you know there's no mama there no. but they would always have like these cypher sessions outside of the studio you know in the park or um, we well, after class dance like you yeah <laughs> If it's on like Fridays or Saturdays, you know, they would go to like the pub, you know, mm. and hang out there. So that's like the mama lah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like the community, I guess. It's very 
big. It's very broad. I guess the culture kat sana, it's very accepted in a way. <laughs> and it's very open. If they have a show, like when they do um dance show tour around UK, there's still audience, there's still people there, you know, like there's everywhere there's this community. People as in like, you know, like audience or people taking part? Ah, uh, all like uh, audience, there's always a full show. So even people taking part. But usually I know some friends who live like either in Leeds or, you know, other parts of the UK, but they always come down to London to like take class or do auditions or, you know, but it's everywhere, honestly. Yeah, I can say that like in the UK, people generally appreciate the arts a lot more yes. like when I was in yes. in Durham which is like northeast mm-hmm. of England like yeah. I wasn't in the dance scene like, I didn't know about dance much at that time you know they have like fashion shows or I don't know some artsy stuff and everyone would just like support and go even yeah. in London you have daily musical shows like you can go watch a musical theatre show any time of the week so it, it's, a, it's a big thing and even if you do that as a job you know it, you can earn <laughs> so, so we have a lot to catch up on uh, is it mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah how how can we like let Malaysians appreciate arts and culture more yeah that's the question I get to like, the perception here and there is different right like, yeah why uh, is that the case I, I, I'm yeah, quite curious I'm, to know your I'm your so opinion curious. of it why do you why do you think that is the case because we see that like, there's such a big difference between like in mm. uh, let's say London and Klang Valley you know let's just compare these two greater areas <laughs> together and why do you think there's such a big uh, difference in opinion amongst the general populace I'm honestly I'm also trying to answer that but the biggest thing is they don't appreciate or they don't understand like the art that's why I say here they see it as a hobby you know they they don't really see this as like a profession you know and even for me as a teacher I've come across parents who come and ask me like I really I don't want my daughter you know I don't want my anak to become dancer in the future and I'm like what why (laughs) but she wants to be trained professionally but she doesn't want her daughter to become a dancer so I was like but when I talked to the mom she did say like she's worried because of you know Malaysia you know if she let her anak to become this professional dancer she would need to send her overseas like that you know I would say it starts with us as dancers I think we really need to know what we want it's a mix up between like do you want to do this professionally or do you want to do this as a hobby and then um, from there we can really lay it out like okay so as a professional or when you do shows you know you you need to start mm-hmm. to set, you know, the standards la, and the qualifications, la, you know. And then from there, I think it's easier for stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like over there, they have that, you know. I think it's a question now. The question comes to like, whose responsibility is it to set up all these oh. standards? And I think like it's, it's sad that the Malaysian culture is actually very rich in like arts. If you yeah, actually look at the history, exactly. there's just so much. But then we kind of like I forgot agree. about that. I think because I of, I don't know, I, I think it's the government <laughs> like for focusing too much on the economic aspect like the GDP you know and politics that we yeah. forgot our arts we forgot our roots mm-hmm. in a way I agree with that yeah, yeah. We're, we're too focused on vi- being a developed country that we forgot about our yeah. own yeah 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 yeah, you're right. I feel that too. <laughs> Our culture, kind. Oh, if we bring like this traditional dance overseas, uh-uh. they really like it. You know? Can. Mm, yeah. they really like it. I do wish that we can develop more in Malaysia. Cause oh my gosh, we have 
we have so much potential here mm. and um, we can, you know, that's the thing. I think one thing that I feel like when I belajar kat London is like, it's nothing about like the dancers or anything. It's, it's again, it's about like, you know, the economics and stuff. Like, that. But, like <laughs> We're really, really good. I would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. Just now, like you, you mentioned, like mm. when learning dance in London, that like, you get to learn the techniques and all that. How about like people here in Malaysia, like if they don't have the chance to learn overseas, mm. would their studies or learning about dance mm-hmm. be compromised a bit? Like they won't get to that high professional standard. Yeah, I think first and foremost, you as a dancer, I feel like we need to know what we want first. Um, for example, like for me, I I know that I want to learn more about street dance, but then I still wanted to stay connected to like the ballet and modern dance roots of things. So like London was the perfect place for me. So for example, like if I don't get to travel in Malaysia, it, it, I think it applies, you know, the same thing. Like you can apply doing your research. Say, for example, you want to do um, hip hop or popping and then you, you see like, what teachers can give you, uh, can teach you this and that. And knowing, really know like what you want to learn in a way. Because then from there, you can evaluate like your study better. So, for example, in Malaysia, we have a lot of good teachers like for traditional dance. You know, we have like all those. Uh, Chinese dance Bharatanatyam and you know like the Malay traditional dance so uh, in Aswara and UM I know they learn all of that you know, they learn how to play the gamelan mm-hmm. it's about the same I would say like even in UK you know they don't have that so instead they we learn about you know history of ballet and stuff so it's the same it's just seeing what you kind of want you have to make the effort I guess on mm. as a dancer or student you have to give that extra effort to go do the research and ask around you can come to me and ask me I'll help with what I can yes I'm at Aisha Marisa underscore <laughs> and also guys ask all mm-hmm. people so you know Isa, Diana they are very knowledgeable I disagree but yes you may ask me yes. <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah like we're not professional I mean Isa is <laughs> but not me <laughs> I'm, I'm not professional too. I mean, like, I work a normal day job. You taught classes already, Zaz. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, you are a professional. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I shall not refuse. <laughs> Yay. We understand that from your responses and you know, from your answers. Uh, there's a huge, you know, like huge wide variety of differences from there versus here. And it boils down to, you know, culture, demographic, policies as well, geolocation also, you know, like how the people yes. are being put because like over there, it's a nice big city and infusion, a melting pot of cultures from all over the world. It's London, you know. <laughs> so it leads to my question, you know, what is the biggest difference you come across about the dance culture there versus here? And what do you think uh. you can learn from that? I would say just the environment is, I feel like they are a developed nation, like the developed nation equals to a developed culture, a developed dance scene, you know, you know, they're just more advanced than us over there. Their dance culture is, how do I say this? Like they module their techniques, you know, like they module their techniques to achieve a certain type of professionalisms where I feel like over here, how do we actually label? professional you know but another thing that i realized is the amount of respect they have towards each other in the different sectors you know like a musical theater or you, you know you do commercial or you do this as a company when or you're a principal dancer 
but everyone comes together you know it's not I like see. okay uh, I'm, I'm on my side but it's like all together and I feel like they are they unite lah in a way I can't really say so much because I've only been there for like two years. I would say this is like from what I experienced and from what I went out to see and, you know, what I get from talking to dancers and teachers there. So this is what I noticed, lah, the biggest difference compared to here. I'm curious, right? Like, is there any like beef within the dance culture in London? Good. No. I do. It's more like that. Like, do. There's this one Asian choreographer. He made it big, man, in London. And like, the Sana, I feel like they are very open in terms of like, they don't really care where you're from. Mm-hmm. But then again, that's me knowing them for two years, dude. <laughs> you know? That's what I felt too, like being in the UK. Which mm-hmm. I felt very welcome. Like, ah, very this, welcome. Yeah. yeah, yeah you're right. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. don't care who I am, where I'm from, how I look. They treat me very Ooh, actually, well. You're so right. Mm-hmm. I do realize this. Someone pointed out to me that my first year there, three months in, and I was already feeling like home, you know, not, not, not mm. home, but like, you know, in the dance, I was already, I feel like I'm in the community in a way. Mm. Whereas here, I felt like it took me years, man. <laughs> like after Battleground, like I, I had to, you know, mix around and I think it took me like, what, one, two years until I yeah. felt yeah. like, okay, I'm part of this community. So yeah, I, I do get you. Yeah. To be honest, like until now, I, I still don't feel like I'm completely in the community, even though like, I, I know really? you guys yeah, and all that. But yeah, I'm just, I tried so hard to kind of like fit in, I guess. This lockdown made me realize how disassociated I am actually. Because like when I don't go to classes, when I actually don't be physically present, I, I don't feel connected. People don't keep in touch with me either. So without mm. this podcast, I wouldn't have like talked to any of you guys. Can I ask you, do you feel like you need to fit in? No. Like, <laughs> No, okay, okay. No, no, because like, yeah, th- that's my personality. Like, I don't know if it's a, a pro or a con, but like, I've long been a lone wolf, outsider-ish kind of feeling. So, mm. yeah, I'm okay with it. <laughs> but still, it's sad life when I actually think about it. So, like, I've kept questioning mm. if it's like my fault not making more of an effort, even though like, I've been quite present or it's just the community not consistently welcoming. Is that mm. the same? I don't really think much about it about whether I'm in the community or not. I just mostly like to just Do think about my thing? dance. I'm very obsessive about about my dance. You know, like I, I always mm. feel like when, when people hear about me, their first impression of me should be about my dance in the dance community, mm. like, you know, like yeah. not anything else. I want people's mm-hmm. first impression of me in the dance scene to be like how I dance or like what I bring yeah. uh, in, yeah. in, in the dance class. So yes, I don't really think much about this. So <laughs> I can't really give a comment, but yeah, yeah. Don't, don't worry, Diana. You know, I'm sure like a lot of people, yeah. even though they don't, they don't show it. I'm sure they consider you part, very much part yes, and parcel definitely. of the community. I Just ask anyone in Mustang. Yeah, I am really grateful for the people in Mustang and you guys for mm-hmm. like all you guys dear to my heart. Oh, lot I think like over there, like okay, in London, <laughs> there's always um an event or a show. So like I feel like dancers gather a lot, a lot of times. They stay connected quite often, like, whereas yeah. I feel like here we don't really have a lot of like events or, you know, gatherings to kind of get everyone there. 
Yeah, that's the key you word, staying I mean? connected. So, I mean, we had events before, but it's just like going there and then like uh, compete. Yeah, I think you're you. Yeah. It's also one thing, like they like to support each other in a way where oh, when this group come and watch this show, support their show, their classes, and then like they would want to repay that in a way. I don't know lah. I feel like it's a very big supporting thing, connecting mm. thing. Yeah, oh my gosh. That really opened up a new area of thinking for me. Yeah. They're really positive, <laughs> okay. right? All these, uh, I mean, for lack of a better word, all these international dancers, they're really, really positive, right? I can't even describe it very well. But like, you know, like when I started dancing with Ascendant, their positivity is infectious, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. From, from the way oh you, you start thinking about mm-hmm. your dance, your practice and each other as well, how you how you think about each other. It's really like quite yeah. humbling, you know, yeah. in, in a way. Do you guys think that maybe it's because they are very open? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I, I think yeah. it's because they're, they're really more open as not just as a people. You know, yeah. or maybe it's only yeah. open people who become dancers over there. You know, and the close <laughs> introverted yeah. people they don't become dancers. You know, it could no. be that as well. I think like well, from from my experience in the UK, most oh. people were very open. So I guess like I kind of like my experience there, I emulated their mm. character, their you know mm. their approach. Yeah, so. Yeah. Coming yeah. back here and then going to the dance scene, I brought that character mm. into me. And that's why, like, when I go to a studio, when I mm. attend a new class, I just say hi to everyone and stuff like that. And I guess that it says that's why I vibe well with Henry. <laughs> Feed off the same energy. <laughs> yo, 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 yeah. yo, 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 yo. So, like, I like it. It's a vibe. It's a vibe. It's all about the energy. Yeah, and he remind he reminded me what I miss most from living in the UK. Yeah. Then would you guys say that our uh, dancing or the dancers in our circle, you know, dancers in Malaysia? Do you feel like we have our own way to give that support or like to hype each other up, or do you feel like we lack of that? Well, I pull out Tanya. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Bagus. Bagus. Yeah, I like bagus. this. I, yeah. I was thinking about it. I was like, why I think like when we want to support dancers we do support them and then I don't know eventually we just go back to our separate holes <laughs> oh, wow. yeah, no, separate like separate community like I, I don't know I feel like this community they, we have like different batches or different pots or pods oh, <laughs> okay. like, like a group of people who are very comfortable with themselves which are a crew ah. they would tend to just go with them it's be it, yeah I, I don't think it's just a dance thing I think it's just a Malaysian thing ever ah. since which is school kind of like you go with your same clique and you just don't ah. mingle around we do support different people and all that but eventually mm-hmm. we just tend to like come back to our people. Oh, that's interesting. That's what I think. Yeah, what about you, Isas? What do you think? Mm, I'll give Malaysians a bit more credit than that. I think that there there has been a lot of support in the scene, Mm -hmm. especially within the past few years. I can't really name any examples. Oh, maybe I can name the uh, Rejuvenate Dance Crew. Uh, They have done a lot, the Shut Up and Dance. You know, like it's become like an entire environment by itself, you know, like so Shut Up and Dance, instead of just Incline Valley, they've expanded to like eat and then yes, there's Pine right. and then you know so there's, there's suddenly like there's platform you know for dancers you know like doesn't matter like if those dancers are just you know they just learn YouTube choreo but what, mm-hmm. what matters is that you know there's an environment for dancers already and these 
uh, I'll call them OGs, uh, Rejuvenate Dance Crew. Uh, okay. And these OGs have like worked to make that that platform happen, you know. Yeah. And then the past few years, we also have had Judgment Day. There's mm. also been uh, any like like uh, like the phase also. I mean, it's organized phase, by yeah, our own local now. people, you know, at the international based competition as well. We had Malaysia Dancing MYDS. Uh, no matter yeah, how yeah. short lived that was, that was a real good example of like from the community yeah. for the community. Mm. You know, there was no uh, commercial strings attached yeah. to it or whatever. Mm. Dance studios are popping up like crazy. I- I'm talking about pre-pandemic, eh? Pre-pandemic. Mm, yeah, yeah. Dance studios were popping up like crazy. You know, I mean, there were like yeah. dance classes everywhere and there was no yeah. time to go to all of them also. Really? You know, left, right, center. And then there were on, on TV as well, music video especially. I can't really music say video. for like the Chinese music videos or Indian music <laughs> videos because I don't I don't really watch them. But like for <laughs> Malay language, you know, music videos, videos or entertainment on mm. TV there's always dancers there already now you know, they make it something cool already now support yeah, is growing is. it is a bit slow but you know I think we all have to do our own part lah, and then it should speed up in the future yeah so I am going to give Nisha a bit of credit in terms of that <laughs> yeah we have our own way you know what do you see our way like sharing I know a lot of people shares a lot like of each other's work and then also like attending our classes going to one another I feel like we are more exposed to that now yeah I feel like I don't know I don't know how to explain but you know we have our ways the the biggest support I can think of is like for example when dance crews goes um, overseas to represent Malaysia oh that one then you see all the Malaysian support you know like oh so touching that Alright, so we understand that like, you know, it's really different, but within, you know, within our own dancing, you you know how our dancing is, you know, there's a lot of things that we cannot change about it. But what is one thing that we can change? You know, what is one thing that we can adopt from what your experience is in the UK to the local dancing over here? The discipline, the educating yourself, uh, the support. We just need to like upgrade what we already have. Like, I don't think we need to change anything. We really don't need to. Honestly, we have like a good thing going, you know, it's just we just need to like implement a few new changes or you know like upgrade lah I would say and then um just adding upgrade in what way the professionalism <laughs> like upgrade what we already have and then you know add, adding more professionalism to it I thought us as dancers in the dancing I feel like our dance ethics are very important also you know like dancers we we must have a society you know it need we need to grow with that you know because mm-hmm. without a society you know we, we don't really have the standard or you know the scene can't really go anywhere so we really need that body of the society so you know people can come together okay I will follow a question Ken you said okay. that we need to adopt the education aspect how should we go about it if let's say most aspiring dancers are around like college students but then like as you said like their parents don't think dance is a good thing to pursue in Malaysia like so how should they go about the dance education if dance is something say you want to really do it seriously and you kind of want to contribute to the dance scene then I feel like there's so many things you can do like you don't dance can be a sight like a sidekick as well so say if you're studying another like say you're taking business or something and you know you are doing dance as your 
or mechanical engineering. <laughs> or that, yeah. <laughs> the example I would give is like Izasa. So, you know, he goes and take the training with Gina. So, you know, you go that extra mile to understand and learn about the dancing more and you know like you know you know yourself what you want to do what you want to learn and from there it kind of develops your understanding for your dance knowledge lah you know and then for example like if you want to teach dance and stuff like go educate yourself with history like you can find that all over the internet and we can even ask our own OGs you know like you know go and ask Bujay about it or you know anyone about like the dance history and stuff so it's a lot about you making the effort to study that you know like I think dance education you can get it I wouldn't say anywhere but there are ways where you can get it another thing I feel like we should like adapt in our dance scene is to have a like an art council so okay. in the UK this is something where I think I was like what like they have this thing where it's called the art council UK any like um artists or dancers or if they want to do shows or they want to you know do music videos they can actually get funding from them and then you know then you work out like some sort of a deal so they have that support from like the government you know whereas I feel like here we, we don't have that you know everything has to come out either from our pocket money or you know that's one of the biggest things where I yeah. find it really um, different lah. I feel like if we have that in Malaysia ooh will help a lot and I actually asked this to our former youth <laughs> and sport uh, minister YB Said Sadiq he went to London at that time and gave this talk and I was just asking because I was so curious I was like why does the UK have that and why mm-hmm. Malaysia that do is it because Malaysia that support the art industry or what and he was like no it's not about that and he was saying how like in Malaysia it's hard to help when like the art industry doesn't have any like bodies you know maybe it's not recognized enough just because we are also still trying to create this society and stuff i guess they are also not introduced to the arts like mm. well you know you know i feel like also for us kita pun i feel like for us dancers we also tak put out ourselves like <laughs> we don't market ourselves i guess i don't know lah it needs to go both ways also you guys remember what buje said during his episode or not uh, he said something also about like we have to like naikkan professionalism kita Oh, yeah. and, okay. and then he said something about like you know like uh, if you want other people to like respect us as artists like we have got to like respect our own craft first you know the choreographer yeah. also has to mm-hmm. has to yeah. up themselves you know and then yeah. I, I quote mm-hmm. him I quote him ini choreo pun ala-alang je for ekam waktu repeat lagi waktu datang lambat waktu wardrobe macam mana you know like he said that that's true but then it sounds like it's kind of like a ground up kind of thing like much a grassroots movement we have to like It's not like the onus is on us. It's all on us saja. I feel like government should also recognize that there are different cultures. Uh, that means that I should run for office already right now. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. Let's go. For governments to give funds, they have to appreciate it as well. I agree with yeah. that. But what would you say is betul juga lah. Like we have betul to juga, yeah. bring up ourselves <laughs> with <Yeah>. professional <laughs> discipline and all that market betul, ourselves betul. more. So it goes both ways. Yeah, yes. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And I I hope that you know Pentari will step yeah. up and help us bring us up. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. All right. That's it for this episode. If you enjoyed it, please share with your friends and give this podcast a five star rating. Next week, we'll chat again with Shah, focusing more on her online dance learning experience, how she makes dance at home more conducive for her, and maybe even some tips for online learning. Till then, we hope you stay safe 
and keep dancing. <laughs>